Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast, a place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty of the Solidago School of Herbalism, coming to you from a bridged island on the coast of Maine. In today's show, I have a guest, Harmony O'Laughlin, and we're going to talk about her experience in herbalism and some wonderful projects that she's been working on. Before we get started, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor, nor do I diagnose or treat people. What I share is based on my own experience and what I've learned from my mentors. Ultimately, I want you to be empowered in seeking and achieving your own version of optimum health. I want you to be inspired to connect and relate to the common plants that grow all around you. Together, let's make home herbalism be as common in the everyday household as cooking a healthy meal. Now, without further ado, let's have some fun and dig in. Today, I am joined but with uh, Harmony O'Laughlin, who is a homesteading mama maker behind Flora's Feast Botanicals, organizer of Plant Wonder Collective, and editor of the seasonal plant-centered digital magazine, Botanical Anthology. You can find her in the garden growing herbs, in the kitchen experimenting with plants, exploring nature with her daughter, or with her nose in a book. Follow Harmony on Instagram and Facebook for herbal tidbits, recipes, and more at Flora's Feast Botanicals and at One Plant Wonder Collective, or discover her shop and blog at floresfeast.com. Hi, Harmony. Thanks for joining me today. Good morning, Bridget. Thank you so much for having me. Did I pronounce your last name correctly, O'Laughlin, or...? Um, so half of my husband's family says it that way. And the other half says O'Loughlin. So we typically say the lock, but we answer to both. (laughs) Okay. O'Loughlin. Okay. And so let's start with your start. Where did your herbalism Mm -hmm. journey start? Well, interestingly, it started with a tea blend. I, um, had a friend who was into astrology and herbal tea. And I was on vacation in a little specialty shop and I saw a tea blend for that Zodiac sign. And so I purchased it as a gift and enjoyed a cup with my friend. And as I, as we were watching the leaves disperse and float in the water. I was just mesmerized by the fact that these plants, not only did they look beautiful, but that they were 
imparting these wellness benefits to the body. And so I always typically, um, you know, kind of, you know, I'm the type who has a lot of energy. I like to do things after work. And so I was in my twenties and always like to take classes at night or on the weekends. And I came to a point where I was deciding if I wanted to dive into a holistic nutrition program or if I wanted to take the herbal path. And I lived in Boston at the time. And um, it's interesting how life decisions can really alter which way you go. At, at this same time, I was starting um, a new job in my professional career that was going to be, that was kind of unexpected. I was approached by it. I wasn't looking to, to change positions. And so I received the new job and I was going to have significant more, um, significantly more travel than I had in the past. And so the thought of taking the train to New York City for this holistic nutrition program just didn't feel right for, for my well-being. And so that kind of tipped me over the edge to do the herbal program. And, you know, I'm so glad that it did because it's really created the direction of so much of my continued adult life from there. So I signed up for the Boston School of Herbal Studies in-person apprenticeship. So from March through October, a weekend a month, we gathered together and learned about plants and body systems and ways to make preparations, some plant walks and identification. And uh, it was a beautiful experience. I can see, you know, similarities for sure between holistic nutrition and herbalism. Do you feel like, mm-hmm. you know, some some of that desire of learning holistic nutrition was also fulfilled in your herbalism studies? I do think so, because there are many herbs that are taken, you know, as nutritional tonics. My morning tea blend, I always include nettle and horsetail. Sometimes I include things like oats, uh, oat straw. And so I'm always looking for that nutritional component with it to kind of get your vitamins and minerals, you know, away from a pill. I'm, I'm all about supplements as well. You know, I think there's a balance with our own needs and desires for our wellness. And so I take supplements, but I love that, that in your tea, you can be not just having the medicinal qualities that you're looking for, but also just building your overall wellness. What are some of your favorite plants to work with? Well, it's interesting because some of my favorites are not necessarily ones I always work with the most, you know, for my needs um, at any particular time, but they come to me at different phases of my life. So the very first plant I think I would say I, I did fall in love with was violet because when I started my apprenticeship in March, not soon after that, the lawn where I was living was covered in violets. And so it was this first plant that I was able to see in my space and work with. So um, I do use the leaves for the moistening qualities. So sometimes that will come into my tea in the winter time if I'm just trying to stay kind of hydrated. Um, 
After that, I would probably say rose was the next plant that I fell in love with. I um, It's my birth month flower, so I had that little bit of connection to it. But growing up in Rhode Island, um, not right by the ocean, but being near the ocean, um, I loved the wild roses and um, and foraging them at the beach and think there's just a little something extra special about the salt air having blown through those petals and so I still take summer vacations planned around when I can go forage those wild roses though I do have eight second year bushes in my garden so soon they will they will be prolific (laughs) but I just love going to forage them and I think at different times of my life when I really needed to support my emotional heart. It, um, a glycerite of rose was something that I, I really relied on. St. John's wort is another one that I love. And I don't know the origin story to my, to my love for it. I just, um, to me, it's, it's that calming when the anxiety or, or feeling some blues, um, whether wintertime with less light or just whatever might be happening in life. And so I, I don't use that plant regularly, but it's definitely the one where I, I notice if I'm feeling a little more melancholy that I'm drawn to getting my tincture and working with it. I think it's a, a beautiful plant to really feel that alchemy of herbalism and that magic because the tincture or the steeped oil changes color. So you're working with this yellow flower, but the end result is a red tincture or oil. And it's just a beautiful process to, to experience. So, so I love, I love that. And then newer in the last few years, two plants that I've really grown to love are marshmallow and elder. Marshmallow is this beautiful, soft plant. I love having it in the garden because it grows very tall. So I feel like you can plant it in a spot where maybe you want a little mini privacy fence sort of uh, look. And the petals are soft and delicate and the flowers have this faint blush color and the inside um, of the flower, the center is this beautiful brighter color and the buds just have this ephemeral feel to them. I just love looking at that plant. And I do save the leaves with some flower buds to, again, put in some winter teas just as an, as an extra, um, moistening quality, but um, I also harvest the roots in the second year. And so I will make a cold infusion in the winter of that and put that in my um, my overnight infusion, um, my warmer tea, I should say, um, after after the tea has cooled down and the the roots have released some of that mucilage. And and I just think it's a really interesting plant because of the binding qualities that the root offers. So sometimes they make a little homemade glue with it. I've tried to play crafts um, with it. I made beads last year that was 
the powder was not finely ground enough. So that was one of those experiences where it didn't quite come out as I had planned, but I've used it almost in like paper mache. Um, so you can grow your own glue. <laughs> and, and then for elder, if, um, if you've never learned about this plant, not you, the audience. Um, there's just so much folklore steeped in it. It just has this reverence to it. And I love that it goes through um, in its transformation through the season. It mimics the transformation of a woman through her her maiden mother and crone phases of life. And it offers these beautiful flowers that I use um in some of my facial products and also in a fever tea blend for my daughter when she's ill and, and then the berries. And so those are in pretty much any winter immune recipe that, that I, that I make from, you know, September until the springtime. So I have a little mini grove again, two years old. I moved into, to my house, um, So this is, they've just gone through their second year of being here with me. So I have a little mini grove on the side of the house and uh, I can't wait for that to just flourish and be this little place unto itself. I can envision my daughter kind of tucking in between the bushes and almost having a little, a little hangout space for herself under there. That sounds beautiful. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like since you've lived in your house, you've been you know, planting obviously roses and elder yes. and mm-hmm. you have a, a pretty big garden or a small garden or? I do. It's about 1200 square feet and we live on the rolling foothills of a mountain. So the back of our house is actually fairly close to the hillside. And so the garden is in the front of the house. And so before we purchased it, we talked about how the garden would have to go in the front. And and so we were in agreement on that and came up with a design that felt um, like it offered some curb appeal. So instead of kind of, and, and the soil be is kind of loose and not quite um, uh, rich. So we did know we had to do raised beds. So instead of having just kind of straight red, straight raised beds in the front, we actually made um, corner corners and then triangles going into the corner. So it, it kind of created this courtyard feel. And in the center, we have a fire pit. And um, so we have maybe about 60% of it is medicinal herbs. And then um, and a fair amount of those are perennials that um, that have come back uh, from the first year of planting. And then I do some annuals as well. And, and then the 40% is different kinds of produce that I'm interested in growing in that particular season. And then we have, we're starting to put in other perennials throughout the garden so la- or the the property so last year we put in raspberries and blueberry uh, raspberries blackberries and black raspberries and so hoping to expand on that again next spring with some other fruit trees maybe some hazelnuts 
um, tucking things around the property. That sounds lovely. Do you um, have to worry about deer? Do you have to have a big fence or? I do have deer, but, but right across the street from me is this little mini home orchard. And so, so far they are appeased with that. (laughs) (laughs) How nice. And I know, and um, they'll probably catch on to me at some point (laughs) and we, we will have to probably put up a fence, but we were hoping to not have to. So we'll see. We'll make that decision when it happens, when the time comes. But for now, we've, uh, we've been lucky to not have too many critters come through. That's great. Yeah. You know, of course I live on deer Isle and (laughs) it's all I can think about when I think of garden, like, Oh my gosh, if only I could grow elder without having to like barricade them. (laughs) Right. Yes. We did put in, we did put in holes for fence posts when we were moving the soil and the rock. Um, We rented a tractor for one day because gosh, they were expensive Mm -hmm. um, to get the project going. And so we, had um you know my husband did 99% of this work so when I say we I mean he um uh moving all of the compost and the rock and so we got the auger for the back and so we do have holes scattered about that he wanted to fill in this year and I said we should probably wait just to see if if they realize we're over here and and it turns out that the orchard doesn't have fruit every year because it doesn't this year. Last year, the apples were quite prolific. So, and the the one the neighbor is um, an elderly woman, so she's not harvesting anymore. So they really have free reign to those apples. And so, so yeah, we'll see. I think every season you just kind of learn the space, the the climate can dictate. Uh, some of your choices and processes and you just kind of keep learning. I, I had a neighbor who once told me that um, I just love this phrase. It was the biggest thing, you know, the gardener harvests each year is knowledge. And it's so true. You know, I, I don't study gardening books. I just kind of ex- experience the garden and I'm lucky that I can purchase food if something doesn't work out, you know, and so I just, I really use it for the experience of, of growing food and growing my, my medicine. That's beautiful. I love that, that saying helps get you through the hard times. <laughs> if you don't have a crop that, that <laughs> produces, do you, yeah. um, have, are your herbs mostly for your own personal use or do you, um, use them for Flora's Feast, which we'll also talk mm-hmm. about in a minute. Yes, I do use them for Flora's Feast. So I rarely have had to purchase plants. I, in my climate, lavender doesn't grow very well. So, uh, but it is from a topical perspective, a plant that I really love working with. So I have bought some lavender. Um, my in the past, I actually had um, a, a neighbor who did have many lavender plants scattered throughout her property, and she let me harvest them. But <laughs> so I, I used to have like just enough, but then I moved, and so so now I've purchased that. And 
this is kind of wild, but in my new um, environment, I so comfrey is a plant uh, for those who have never grown it that you have to choose very wisely. Once you put it somewhere, it is never leaving. I learned that uh, the hard way because I tried to move a plant and there could be one teeny bit of root left buried several feet down and it will still reroot itself and grow a plant. So here I decided I was going to put it on the hillside and it must not have liked that acidic soil. It came back this year, but still didn't really do anything. So I actually ended up having to buy comfrey, which is just like mind blowing. <laughs> so I have to find another place that it will be happy, but I'm okay with it just, you know, um, doing its glorious thing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's talk a bit about Flora's Feast. Mm -hmm. Do you want to share what what is Flora's Feast and maybe how you came to start it? Yes. So we've we've segued in pretty well. It's Garden to Skin um, because I do work with 40 roughly plants. So I grow almost all of them. I, I called out the ones that I don't grow or I had to purchase, but really the list is actually very long of the plants that I grow or forage, like the violet leaves. Um, so it's um, garden to skin, uh, botanical skin care for mamas and new mamas and babies. And then also for um, the face and general um, self-care. So it started after I had my daughter in 2018. I, um, we decided that I would largely uh, stay home with her. And I, you know, there are many factors that went into this choice. We were living rurally and it was difficult to find childcare for a baby under one. Uh, I couldn't really go back to the position I had been in because of the extensive travel. And also just my gal was attached from, you know, from birth. And so it, it really was me seeing what kind of parent she needed and wanted. So I still needed something though to do, you know, for, for myself, I was definitely in that kind of type A work mode. And so that was a hard transition for me. I was really tired from lack of sleep and birthing and nursing, but I also still needed that other stimulation. And so I did um, maintain a position at my company super part-time for her first two years, but I also decided, well, why don't I make the postpartum and baby care products that I made for her and I, because they worked so well. They were gentle, but effective. I'm growing these plants anyway. I've created these recipes. And so I decided to launch Flora's Feast to be that kind of mom and, and baby. Then as I was kind of gearing up, trying to figure out where do I buy bottles and olive oil, you know, bulk olive oil and get a website going and work with a graphic designer for labels and all of those things that, wow, there's so much goes into, 
you know, any any product that you buy that's handmade by someone is has is the result of an amazing amount of work by that creator. And so I was learning all of that. And we we just launched um, the the website, and um, we were working on just some tweaks for the e-commerce. I work with a freelance marketing gal to help me do that. And then the pandemic hit. And I had, at that time, just two months of really limited play school for my gal. But that was my work time because um, uh, I couldn't put her down for naps or or evening bedtime. So I just had no time. I didn't have her sleep time. I I needed to pay someone (laughs) to, to have some work time. And so that evaporated, you know, with the pandemic. And so there was a pause on launching the e-commerce section of my website. And so I decided, well, during nap time, I'm just going to keep reading my herb books and researching, and maybe I'll diversify the the line a little bit more. Because even though in those moments, the postpartum period felt so long, you know, the, the saying... The days are long, but the years are short. I couldn't understand that yet. I do now. But every day felt like a year when you have this these little babies. And so um, I was starting to come out of that phase and realize that, that moms are only in that period for a, a certain amount of time. And so I needed to diversify what I was making. So I created a facial line and some self-care items for the female body and then just some general kind of wellness wellness items that you know you use topically like lip balms and hand salve and things like that so that's where that's where flora's feast was born in, in that postpartum phase of my life that's nice i love how it you know, matched how when you were a mom with a newborn and that was the world that you were in and producing mm-hmm. products for that, because then you know that they work and that's like your life. And then as mm-hmm. you grew, your your products, product line grew with you and as life changed. And so that's really beautiful. Thanks. Now you formed or um, organized the Plant Wonder Collective. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about the Plant Wonder Collective. What is it? Yes. So Plant Wonder Collective is a group of currently all women, um, not exclusive to, just happens to be, uh, who come together to explore a new plant each month from the various angles that, that are our either expertise or interest. So... We're a group of herbalists, food bloggers, homeschoolers, gardeners, and Plant Wonder Collective was born um, really because of uh, social media. You know, I, having an online business, had to have this social media account, and I was trying to figure out how to create content each month that was value-added. I feel that way personally about my social media consumption. That's not to say that I don't get caught in the scroll um, on occasion, but I like to follow people who are inspiring me, giving me ideas that I'm learning from them. And that's so that's what I was aspiring to be for, for my account. 
And so I decided that I would create a plant of the month. And this also would reignite my plant studies. So it kind of would hold me accountable to getting those herb books out and exploring a plant. And so I started at the beginning of 2021. And not long into that first month, I asked someone, um, an herbal herbal woman who was also an artist, oh, well, do you want to join me each month by drawing one of my recipes? And, and then another person said, well, oh, I want to explore from what you are learning to teach my son for homeschooling. And so having these inquiries formed this idea in my mind that we could be a whole group and doing this together each month. So, so then I started reaching out to people. My initial vision was that each month someone would do a tea and someone would do a flower essence and someone would do et cetera, et cetera. And so that's how I reached out to the initial folks who joined was kind of putting them in a particular category. So then, um, we just had one posting day a month. So that way on the posting day, all of our audiences could learn da, 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 from the plant. And um, over time that evolved, people uh, join, you know, asked to join the collective. Some moved on to other projects. And, and so um, we really wanted them to just be able to explore what called to them for the plant. And, and we post um, on our own feeds twice a month now. And so there wasn't that need for continuity of just one day and all the posts together. So, so it's about 25 women and, and uh, so it's roughly, you know, 30 posts a month or, or something like that. And then the plant wonder collective, um, Instagram handle is the repository of all of that plant knowledge into one place. So um, you can kind of go there and get your daily dose of the plant uh, of the month and and um and explore new content. And so sometimes it's dying with the plant. It could be a drink recipe or a food recipe or folklore. A newer gal who joined a couple months ago. Um, always does an astro herbalism post, which is really cool and how you kind of collect uh, connect astrology to herbalism and the plant. And so there's a lot of neat ways to explore and look at a plant and and uh, kind of something for everyone. And if you're just interested in plants, then you get all these different viewpoints of of how to experience it. That's awesome. How so does everyone have access that is in the Wonder Collective? Like they all have access to that Instagram account that they no, posted on? I organize it. I oh, do so, it. so they give you the posts and then you put it in mm-hmm. the in the in like an order that makes sense or you're the hub. Yes, exactly. So after each posting day on our own feeds. Uh, so yeah, so everything gets posted on their feed too, because okay. the secondary um, kind of personal side uh, goal of Plant Wonder Collective is to help each other. You know, it's it's hard to be seen in social media now. There's so much noise. And so the idea is that we post on our own feeds 
and we share each other's posts to to really help elevate each other. And so that's also where the word collective comes into play is we have this little mini community together um, as as the members. And, and so then, yes, I use an app to repost. Um, so after each posting day, I try to just kind of organize based on the topics that came from that day and then, and then plug it in. Cool. Um, are you open to, to new members or is this kind of a closed group at this point? No, no, we're always happy to take on new folks who are interested in, learning about herbs and, and, um, and, uh, you know, you just have to like being on social media to do it. (laughs) It's it's a busy posting day when you're, when you, when you are supporting each other. (laughs) So, you know, um, so it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you, you know, as a member, you're kind of committing yourself on that day to being super Instagrammy. Mm. So is it one day a month or each person has their own day? It started out as one day, you said, but then it's... So, yes, exactly. So, um, sorry, I cut you off there. Um, It's two days a month. And so behind the scenes, I have um, a spreadsheet and I have DM chats for each for each posting day. And so that there is where I kind of um, collect everyone's ideas. So we try not to have too much overlap of what we're sharing just to diversify the content. And so we know what each other are doing. And so when folks sign up, I create um, for, for a particular posting day, I create a caption. So at the bottom of our post, it talks about each member that's participating and it has our hashtag. And, and so then on the posting day, you just do your post with the caption and then um, as everyone else is, and then you comment on each other's posts and you share each other's posts. And I also provide a story slide, like a little graphic design story slide. So that way it helps alert the audience that um, why they're going to see an influx of this particular plant content, you know, in your story. So I'll typically put my post up and then that story slide that says today with Plant Wonder Collective and it's the botanical drawing of the plant we're focusing on. And then I, and then I share the rest of the members posts. That's great. What a, what a beautiful web you are weaving with, (laughs) with other people of sharing of information and highlighting one plant. And so was this the plant of uh, October? Was it elder? It was, it was elderberry specifically last summer, 2021, we did elder flower and focused on that. And so for this past month of October, we did the berries. And now here in November, we are doing oregano and December will be vanilla. Ooh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. How fun. So I was trying to find something that was tied to the season because there's a holiday baking, but it's vanilla is so interesting because it's, you know, one of the most expensive herbs in the world. And yet also there's the phrase, well, that's so vanilla, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, you feel kind of boring when you're just getting vanilla ice cream. So I thought it would be pretty interesting to explore it from it's, you know, 
a different perspective of how you can really, really highlight it. So I have been trying to think of what I'm going to make myself. It's I've already done the reading for for that month and very little is actually mentioned in most of my herb books. So it's definitely um, an understudied plant, I think. Mm. But I think there's also still so much to learn. And so I'm excited to see what the members come up with and how they highlight it. Mm, Yeah. And so if a member doesn't really feel connected to a plant or doesn't really know they can skip a month or yes and then yes so when I vet uh when I'm vetting with a new possible member you know I just say um kind of the three main things are that you're committed to participating regularly you know it's okay if you skip a month but you know I it's so many people to track so you know it's um it's preferred to have their voice part of the the conversation regularly and um, that it's you're either sharing knowledge or an accessible recipe. So it's okay if the recipe is on a blog, but that it's accessible. It isn't, it's in my book or mm-hmm. in my ebook or whatever it might be. Um, so it has to be available and um, knowledgeable and, and, and inspiring. So some people do take a month off. We do have a gal who, who does plant dying. And so there's been occasionally like, I don't know to extract color from that plant. You know, <laughs> like I think she took marshmallow month off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they can still share and like promote the collective. If they want to. Yeah. It's not um, the, uh, I mean, required is a strong word, but if you are in a if you are participating in the posting day, then we are reciprocating for each other. If you're not participating in that day, then it's a uh, pure pleasure if you would like to comment, share. Um, so yeah, it's, it's only the days that you sign up for that you would you would be asked to be do, doing that. And if um, people that are listening are interested mm-hmm. in joining, what's the best way for them to do so? How do they contact? You can just send me a DM. Yeah. Through the Plant um, Wonder uh, Collective. Or even Florist Feast. I stay pretty on top of the DMs. So. Okay. So, yeah, they can just send me a message there. We could chat about their interests. And if nothing else, just give Plant Wonder Collective a follow if you're on Instagram. Yes. Is it Facebook mm-hmm. too or just Instagram? Uh, sort of yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's like some there's some glitch and so they don't all repost I think part of that is because of using an app for reposting and so occasionally things pop up over there but it's largely unmanned I I um I have a threshold myself for for social media so I can be really on top of Instagram DMs but I don't know that I could handle like full-fledged Facebook too. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. <laughs> so another project that you have birthed into being is the Botanical Anthology, a um, seasonal online magazine. Tell me more about that. So... Technically, the Botanical Anthology is a publication of the Plant Wonder Collective. Um, Last winter, some of the members came together 
we created a handmade holiday gifting handbook. And so it was a guide to using plants to make gifts for adults, for children, or wrapping them. And so it was kind of a basic template. Um, and so we sold it just before, you know, just after Thanksgiving, just before the holidays really kicked in. And everyone had a lot of fun doing it. It was just kind of a fun way to offer a sellable item, kind of do a little sales and and come together in a new way. And so we had a smaller group, but we did a botanical Valentine collection. And so that was for romance and gifts for kids or um, women or men. And... Um, baked good, you know, treats. So uh, card making also. And again, we really uh, enjoyed the experience of coming up with these ideas to meet this theme in a new way. Instead of being focused on a specific plant, it, it was this larger theme. But after going through the experience of selling those two, I realized that it was difficult to meet people in this singular moment, you know, um, they might have been busy and missed the post that we were selling the holiday handbook, you know, for example, because they were so busy with, <laughs> with their holiday preparations. And it just kind of put this, these bumpers on its relevancy, I suppose. And so I came up with the idea to start a seasonal magazine. You know, I wanted it to have a more visually appealing layout like a traditional magazine. I just love magazines in general. I, um, you know, I read less now due to time, but I started subscribing to Martha Stewart. I think I was 16. I just love magazines. I would have, I would clip out my little articles and I'd have stacks. And I'd organize them in file folders as a teenager. You know, I just loved magazines. So it was really exciting for me to, to think about the project in this way that we could have fun things as part of the, this publication, like quizzes and and um, I loved this feature in Martha Stewart's magazine that um, she called good things. And so our version is fresh ideas because, you know, we're talking about plants. <laughs> and so the, the seedling here for, for the botanical anthology started to grow with all these, these ideas coming together. And, and I decided that it didn't need to just be plant wonder collective members because um, we wanted to expand our reach and and connect to new people. And some people just don't want to participate in a monthly group, you know, but they love plants and and want to come together in in an experience like this. So so I started reaching out to other people um, that I was launching it and, you know, publishing that there was an application. And so, at the launch of each issue, I, I do that. I just kind of, I keep a list at any time I come across a new person who might, might be interested, you know, I have a spreadsheet for that. And that way I can advertise the, the application. But, um, 
But it is still because it is collective minded. It, it is a publication under officially under the Plant Wonder Collective, though I suppose officially officially under my my Flores Feast LLC. But <laughs> um, but that's that's kind of where where the idea came from. Is we loved working on this project these projects together, but really wanted to have this relevancy. And so, um, as you mentioned, it's plant centered. So ninety nine percent of the content is about plants. You know, we, we offer a uh, seasonal playlist. So, you know, every song isn't about a plant, but, you know, um, but, but uh, we, we go through um, the season with how you, it's, it's a guide to working with plants throughout the season is kind of what we say. So we think about the season ahead. It's easy to think about the beginning of the season, but three months is a long time. And so I try to space out what might be happening towards the end of the season as well when, when thinking about what content is going to go into the magazine. And so we have a section for apothecary, so self-care, making home remedies, um, we have a kitchen section, so it's about using plants and food and drink. We have a harvest section, so that is about gardening, growing, plants, foraging, um, could be planting your garden, anything to do with kind of working with those fresh plants. Uh, we have a craft section, so that is not just for children, though there are some children's projects, but also as adults, how you might do a project with plants. Um, then we have folklore. So this is where things live like astro herbalism, um, the storied history behind plants, um, rituals you might set up for the season and then celebrate. And so that's observing uh, the nature-based celebrations. So for this upcoming winter edition, it will be the solstice or some call it Yule and then Imbol or Candle Moss, which is at the beginning of February in the halfway point of winter. And um, we will also have a little Valentine's uh, section in there too. That's it's, and I notice, I mean, I've seen parts of the fall mm -hmm. uh, botanical anthology and it's beautiful. It's so beautifully laid out and the photo it's like very sensual. I feel like the mm. very visually satiating because the mm -hmm. photography is beautiful. Um, yeah. And a lot of nice recipes and mm -hmm. yeah. Hands on crafts that people can do and ways that people can really interact with the plants on many levels. Yes. Thank you. I, I think all the, so, um, as I kind of mentioned, it's it's a group coming together. So each edition has uh, roughly thirty contributors, and so the magazine is marrying all of the work together in this kind of cohesive flow. But also, it's you know the knowledge of all thirty people that are, that are that's kind of imparted in the magazine, and so you know, I think it's important for the visual to match the content. And I think um, the, the visual is a little harder. I think we all have the knowledge for the content. And, you know, in this kind of social media 
digital age, you know, where all creators are now expected to be photographers, videographers, you know, you're learning or have learned, I should say, you know, how to, you know, run a podcast and how to edit audio. And that's amazing. Um, so there's so many different tools that have, traditionally that's been someone's sole focus or their job. And so I know that every contributor stretches themselves to provide the best content, um, both visually and in the written form. And we work really hard to have every article have um, not just entertainment, like here's how to do a craft, but also a strong um, educational component. So you feel like you're learning from each piece. Yeah, that's that really come, comes across for sure. Mm -hmm. I love how it definitely feels like a collective. And your photography is beautiful. Do you, and I've noticed on your um, Instagram, Flora's mm -hmm. Feast, are you a professional photographer or? I am not. And thank you for confusing me with one. <laughs> I love that because gosh, that is one of the places where my body feels like that's where the the old type A profession, uh, perfectionism starts to like ring in my body. Like, how am I going to get this shot? I don't know what to do for props. <laughs> <laughs> it can, it's, um, so thank you so much for saying that. I, I try, but I definitely have, uh, yeah, I, I definitely find myself working really hard for that, that part of it. And I, I think through it though, it's, Kind of developed my own little style, you know. I and I'm I'm always sad when my plants start to to wane this time of year because that's a really great part of the photography is like I can just I'm, I might be showing a picture of this salve, but then you know for oregano month I I made a antimicrobial hand salve so I can have my salve and I can just have oregano and I'm like highlighting the plant and what's in the salve. And that's for me, because it's about the plants that's it's turned out to be what the style of the photography is for me. And uh, so I have to get a little more creative in the, uh, in the winter time, but thankfully I have a whole apothecary of dried plants to call upon. So the, the images just look a little different. <laughs> yeah. And probably, I mean, I guess that's one gift that we have as herbalists is our Instagram feeds can just easily be full of beautiful pictures of yeah. flowers. Anyway, we have, we have good subjects to photograph compared to exactly. other business, exactly. you know, career minded people. Mm -hmm. So the, this is a big week for botanical anthology. It's the launch of the winter version, the winter. Mm -hmm. Yes. Say a little bit more about that. Yes. How people so, can get it or. Mm -hmm. We are super excited to launch this third edition of the Botanical Anthology focused on winter. So as I mentioned, all the different subcategories we have, um, we also have some other little magazine tidbits like a quiz and we visit a botanical place and we have some book and product reviews. So lots of content. All of our magazines are over 150 pages. So it is information that can last you days and days. You can 
read it while you're soaking in the tub. You can read it when you're cozy in bed or having your morning coffee. Uh, we are selling it digitally at an introductory price of $20. And um, during those 10 days, you can also use a special coupon that we have here for Bridget and the podcast. So all lowercase letters, BA Winter Podcast, and that will take another $2 off the introductory price. And then after the 10 days, it is still available, but the um, price increases and the coupon is unavailable. So the dates um, of those 10 days are December 5th through December 14th. Great. That's exciting. And I have um, an article too in this yes. in this month's anthology um, or the seasons about um cranberry rosemary shrub and different ways that you can turn it into fun celebratory beverages. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I will share how we ended up becoming connected. I um, was looking specifically for someone to make a botanical cocktail. And so I was just scouring Instagram, looking up, you know, garden to glass or different hashtags. And that's how I came across Bridget. And so I'm so glad she was an instant yes and right on it. And I've loved working with you. And um, I hope you keep joining us because you have a wealth of knowledge be beyond the uh, the cocktail glass. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I would love to love to keep joining you. It's been a fun mm -hmm. project and it, it feels really nice to be um, involved with the community. So, yeah, yes. definitely. Um Great. So listeners, definitely check out the Botanical Anthology. You can find it on floresfeast.com, correct? Yes. And we're also launching a plantwondercollective.com. So both are available uh, websites. And maybe uh, one last thing, if you have a... Um, a winter, one of your favorite winter herbal remedies that you find that mm -hmm. you love to have on hand for the winter season. Yes. So in the anthology or in general, do you mean? Um, well, in general, but if it links to the anthology, either way, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> for okay. you personally, well, but it's in, your, yeah, okay. it's in your winter apothecary. Right. So my go to. So I make an immune syrup that starts as elderberry. I add um, rose hips and then some other immune boosting plants to it. I add Tulsi um, because it does have immune boosting qualities, but also the taste and same with um, a little ginger and cinnamon and um, star anise. And there's some other herbs in there too, but I always make a big batch of that and I freeze it. And so it kind of stays slushy like it doesn't fully freeze, but I always have it available. And so my gal has already had three colds from preschool this year. And so we go and just scoop out a little from the freezer and she actually asks for it because she loves the flavor so much. And I have to remind her that this is, uh, you know, this is your medicine. You can't just drink, you know, take the syrup as a, as a treat. But uh, I 
if you know that you're going to use it as wellness leading up, you know, just for the winter, then then I then I would add astragalus. If you think it's something you'll use at the onset of a cold, then echinacea. So what what we end up doing is um, I squirt a little echinacea tincture in the um, in the spoon before she has her dose. So we usually take it as um, once her cold starts and then I add the echinacea tincture because I didn't put it in the syrup because I like to have it versatile. So that's kind of our ongoing. And then, um, and then I make her little elderberry uh, like gelatin gummies so that those are her a little treat and that adds some wellness throughout. So those are our biggest mainstays for the the winter season. Mm, that's lovely. I love this idea of freezing the syrup. Do you freeze it in like ice cube trays or just in one container? And then you just take a scoop out or right. like it's so, slushy. It's kind of close. Yeah. Slushy because it's honey. It's honey and water, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. So because there's so much honey in it. So uh, the first time I did it, I had put it in ice cube trays. And um, and then when I took it out, I was like, oh, this didn't freeze. <laughs> so, so I have one of those um, like stasher bags. And so I just kind of scooped it all out of the ice cream trays and just slushed it on into the stasher bag. And so it's in that silicone bag in the freezer. So then I can just kind of scoop out. But um, yes, if you're interested in learning more about immune boosting herbs, there is an article about the herbs and a tea blend to get you started um, that will be in the botanical anthology. Great. Well, um, this has been so fun. Thank you, Harmony. And um, definitely listeners, check out Flora's Feast Botanicals and the Plant Wonder Collective on Instagram. Check out floresfeast.com. You also have a blog there, I believe. Yes. Yep. I have a shop and the blog there. Yes. And that's probably a good way to get in touch with you if people want either DMing you through the Instagram or contacting you. Email's great too. And email through your website, or do you want to give your email? Oh, yeah. Either are great too. Um, Yes, you can do it right through the website, or it's um, Flora's Feast Botanicals at gmail.com or Plantwonder Collective at gmail.com. I, from my former professional days, I try to stay pretty on top of communication. I was just kind of conditioned. So, whatever way you want to get to me, you'll find me. (laughs) That's great. Well, I love how you are an organizer and a producer of information and beautiful body care products. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an honor. Thank you so much for having me. I've I've loved talking to you. Yeah. Well, to be continued. And thank you listeners. If you enjoyed the podcast, I'd love for a rate and review. And you can find me on Instagram as well at Solidago Herb School or my website, Thanks so much for listening. I'm Bridget Doherty with Harmony O'Loughlin. And until next week, be well, let intuition guide you, and have fun with herbs.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.